Shalom, today's daf Yomi is Nazir daf Yud Aleph, Nazir Eleven. And today's daf Yomi, the, the Mishnah tells us in 11a, if a person says, Hareini Nazir, Amanashe, Shotiyayin, Utamu Mason, a person says, I'm a Nazirat in the condition that I can drink wine or come in contact with the dead, Hareza Nazir, this person is a Nazirite, and he's prohibited with all the prohibitions of, of being a Nazarite. Meaning to say, we know that it's an impossibility that a person could be a Nazarite and drink wine, or a person could be a Nazarite and come in contact with the dead. But nevertheless, we're saying that therefore we take the first aspect of their vow, and we're saying he's going to be a Nazarite, but nevertheless, the person's going to be prohibited in all the aspects of Nazirus. And not only that, they're also going to be prohibited in wine and come in contact with the dead, even though they tried not to accept these prohibitions upon themselves. So this is the first position of the Tanakama in the Mishnah, that even though the person says I'm a Nazarite in the condition that I don't drink wine, he's going to be a Nazarite, and he's going to be, uh, even though he says I'm a Nazarite in the condition that I can drink wine, he's going to be a Nazarite, and he can't drink the wine. But let's say he says, Let's say a person says, I know that there is this concept of Nazirus in the Torah, and so therefore I'll be prohibited to, to get a haircut and also to come in contact with the dead. Of all any Yodea, but when I took this vow, I didn't know that a, that a Nazirite, I knew that a Nazirite couldn't get a haircut and couldn't come in contact with the dead, but I had no idea that the Nazirite that the Nazarite was prohibited to drink wine. Hareza Asr, we're going to say this person is also prohibited to drink wine because since he accepted upon himself this Nazirus uh, from, from coming in contact with the dead body and from the haircut, therefore we're going to say all the laws of being a Nazarite apply to him and he's also not going to be allowed to drink the wine. Rabbi Shimon says in this case that he's not going to be a Nazarite at all because he never accepted upon himself the prohibition of wine. And so according to Rabbi Shimon, the Naziris does not apply to him until he accepts all the laws of the Naziris, which is wine and ritual impurity in a haircut. And the Gemara is going to ask, well, why doesn't Rabbi Shimon also argue in the first case of our Mishnah? Why is he only arguing in the second case? But before we get to the Gemara's question, we go to the third case of the Mishnah, which is Yodea Nisha Nazir Asr B'yayin. He says, I knew that a Nazirite is prohibited to drink wine of Osavarayisi, but when I made this vow, I thought that the sages will allow me to drink the wine because I need for my health to drink the wine. And so therefore, I can't live without drinking wine. So I know, and so therefore, I know that I could, I, I, I thought the sages would allow me to drink the wine. Or he says, or I know that a Nazarite is not allowed to come in contact with a dead body, but I, but when I made the vow, I thought that the Chachamim will allow me this concept of coming con- of, of being able to become in contact with the dead body, because maybe it's my job, whatever I do, it's my job to bury the dead. And so therefore I get paid for burying the dead. So I thought the sages would say, you know what, you, you're allowed to bury the dead. So in this case, we're going to say that this person and that we're going to say that this person is mutter, is going to be allowed to do all the violations of the Nazirus because he's not going to be a Nazirite at all. We're going to say this person is not a Nazirite in the slightest. Rabbi Shimon also. Rabbi Shimon says in this case 
that he's going to be prohibited because the laws of the Naziris apply to him. So the Gemara says, let's, we, like uh, the question that we referred to before, why in the first case with the Tanakama, the first case of our mission where the person says, I'm a Nazarite in the condition that I could drink wine, the, the, the Tanakama had ruled that he's a Nazarite and he's not allowed to drink wine. And there it doesn't say the Rabbi Shimon argues at all. But in the second case, he's in, he says, I know that I'm a Nazarite, but I didn't know that the Nazarite is, is prohibited to drink wine. We say that he's a Nazarite and he's not allowed to drink wine. And there Rabbi Shimon argues and Rabbi Shimon says he's going to be allowed to drink the wine because he didn't really accept upon himself the prohibition of drinking wine. So Gemara asks the question, why is Rabbi Shimon only arguing in the second case? Rabbi Shimon should also argue in the first case. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Rabbi Shimon let Rabbi Shimon also argue in, in the first case. And he should have said, if a person says, I'm a Nazarite on the condition that I'm allowed to drink wine, he should have said that he's allowed to drink the wine. Why does Rabbi Shimon not argue there? So I'm Rabbi Shimon Levi, Chol Rabbi Shimon Aparesha. So the first answer is the answer of Rabbi Shimon Levi says, guess what? He says, Rabbi Shimon does argue in the first case too. He also says, if a person says, I'm a Nazarite on the condition and I could drink wine, Rabbi Shimon would argue and say, yes, he's a Nazarite, but he's allowed to drink the wine. And so uh, Rabbi Shimon would say he's not a Nazarite at all, and so therefore he's allowed to drink the wine, whereas the rabbis say he's, he's a Nazarite completely. So Rabbi Shimon, says, Rabbi Shimon argues also in the first case, but comes along Ravina. Ravina says, no, but Rachel Apollo, Rabbi Shimon. Ravina says that in the first case, Rabbi Shimon's not arguing. Why? My time, what's the reason why he's not arguing? Because in the first case, what's the reason why Rabbi, why Rabbi Shimon admits that the Nazirus does apply in that case? Because his first person is saying, he's saying, I'm a Nazarite on the condition that I'm allowed to drink wine. Well, there he's, he's making a condition, a clause that is against that which is written in the Torah. He's being masna, he's stipulating against something that's written in the Torah. And we have a principle, to whoever makes a conditional clause against something that's written in the Torah, his stipulation is nullified. And since his stipulation is nullified under those cases, we're going to say the vow takes effect. And so therefore all the laws of the vow take effect. And therefore Rabbi Shimon is not arguing in the first case, but he's only arguing in the second case where the person didn't try to stipulate against the rules of the Torah.